Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior of the country and down to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They answered him, We have never even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. He said, How were you baptized? They replied, With the baptism of John. Paul then said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether there were about twelve men. He entered the synagogue and for three months debated boldly with persuasive arguments about the kingdom of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. God arises, his enemies are scattered, and those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so are they driven, as wax melts before the fire. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. But the just rejoice and exult before God, they are glad and rejoice. Sing to God, chant praise to His name, whose name is the Lord. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. The Father of orphans and the Defender of widows is God in His holy dwelling. God gives a home to the forsaken. He leads forth prisoners to prosperity. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples said to Jesus, Now you are talking plainly and not in any figure of speech. Now we realize that you know everything and that you do not need to have anyone question you. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you believe now? Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate Memorial Day as we continue this Easter season. We continue, in fact, in this final week of the Easter season between Ascension and the great feast of Pentecost, which is the culmination of what has been a 50-day uh, celebration of the resurrection of Christ. 
there's a deep connection here. In the world you will have trouble. Our founders and the people they spoke for had trouble under King George III, who was oppressing them, committing violations against human rights and dignity, trampling down upon their freedom, upon proper representation in government, upon their very lives. And they detailed these abuses. There's no other word to adequately describe. They weren't just disagreements with the king. They were abuses of political freedom and of basic human rights. Our founders had trouble in this world. And so they declared independence from tyranny. The Declaration of Independence is a declaration of independence not only from a particular king, but from the tyranny he represented. And they established a new form of government. In establishing that new government, which has become the United States of America, they again found the fulfillment of this saying of Jesus, in the world you will have trouble. There was much trouble. There was much effort. They had to pledge their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And they gave their lives and their fortunes, but they preserved their honor for all of us to imitate. In the world you will have trouble, but I have courage. I have conquered the world. They believed this. These were men of faith. They were not putting faith in their own ability to declare independence and start a new nation. They put faith in Jesus Christ. The writings of the founders are filled with an explicit proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These were men who studied the scriptures, knew the Christian faith inside out, and committed themselves to it completely. Read the founders. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. These men showed courage. The American Revolution was not just inspired by a political necessity. It took fuel from the pulpits of this emerging new nation. From the pulpits where freedom was preached. There are books containing the political sermons of the founding era filled with gospel fire about freedom. The freedom that we have been celebrating in this Easter season. A freedom based in the resurrection of Christ. A freedom from falsehood. A freedom from error and sin to which error leads. A freedom from the kingdom of death itself. Freedom was proclaimed from the pulpits of this emerging new nation and this newly founded nation. Freedom for which the founders dedicated their very lives. And that's what those we honor today fought for. There was a purpose to the wars in which they engaged. There was a purpose to the fighting. There was a purpose and meaning 
to the dying and the sacrifice of their lives. This day was originally called Decoration Day, and it was a day in honor of those who had given their lives in the Civil War. But then it was extended as Memorial Day to remember all those who sacrificed their lives in all the wars that our country has engaged in. Greater love than this no one has than to lay down his life for his friends. And that, brothers and sisters, is what they were doing. A purposeful, conscious, willing, free commitment to lay down their lives for the freedom that our founders declared, envisioned, and established a government to protect. Let's look at this a little bit more deeply. This government is, protect, is, is, is designed to protect freedom. The structure of our system of government in America, and by the way, we're the only country in the world currently living under its original founding documents. That's how wise, how enduring, how strong these founding documents are because of the principles that shape them. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. Two relatively brief, short documents that we should all be remembering and reading. As a matter of fact, hold on one second. Here they are in this little pocket handbook that I uh, carry around with me and that I know many of you do as well. Not long, not lengthy documents, but filled with strength and wisdom and articulating freedom. They had experienced tyranny, and so when they created this government, they created a two-tiered system of government divided, first of all, between the federal and the state levels. So we are the United States. The federal government is meant to be very, very small. It has grown too large. It needs to be reduced. The federal government was meant to be hands off the freedom of the people, existing only to do those things that the states were not able to do and trusted primarily with protecting our nation from foreign influence, undue or oppressive efforts from the rest of the world and having limited authority. Remember, it was the states that created the federal government, not the other way around. We are the United States. So just as there is on the federal level a president, a lawmaking body, the Congress, and a chief executive, the, uh, well, the president, the chief executive, lawmaking body, and the courts, the Supreme Court being at the top of that system, they are all meant to have very limited power. And in fact, the day-to-day -day power of governance resides in the states. So there are 50 states, each of which has its chief executive, a governor, its lawmaking body, a state legislature, and its court system, including a Supreme Court at the state level. So we have the two levels, and, and you know it's part of freedom and part of the endurance of this nation 
for which those we honor on Memorial Day served and fought and died, whether they were in the Army or the Navy, whether they were Marines or members of the Coast Guard, and of course now uh, we have the Space Force, a new branch of uh, the military, uh, first one added since the Air Force uh, 75 years ago. So whether in the Air Force or again, uh, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, all the different branches of the military, they fought for the kind of freedom that our founders established. And in this system of government, you think about the, the way we've endured. Part of the reason is the leeway it provides for the people to take a stand for their own beliefs and their own particular values, religious as well as political. So there's a lot of leeway. It's not something imposed by a dictator. The views of people, the values they hold, the way they implement those values in the political arena is very different in California than it is in Mississippi. Very different in New York than it is in Alabama. Very different in Vermont than it is in Utah. And the system of the United States having these 50 different state governments united under one constitution is, in fact, part of the reason for that. The people in Utah can elect their representatives. The people in New York can elect theirs. And they may have very, very divergent views on a whole range of issues. Furthermore, the citizens of the nation are free to travel and move from one state to another if they so choose. It's meant to be this way. The freedom, first of all, furthermore, is protected by the fact that there are the three branches that the legislature does not have full power because the executive can choose to either sign or veto what they come up with. The legislature then can override the veto if there's enough consensus. The courts can block enforcement of a law if it violates the Constitution. And on and on it goes. We have a system that is meant to protect freedom and the God-given rights of the people. Goes right back to everything we've been celebrating here in the Easter season. God himself pours out his life upon us to understand truth, the spirit that is promised to us and who fills us at baptism, enables us to understand truth, to adhere to it faithfully, to serve the needs of our brothers and sisters in the community, and to protect one another. Fighting for freedom is part of that. The God-given rights acknowledged by the Declaration of Independence are rights given directly by God to us, and that governments, the Declaration goes on to say, exist to secure these rights. So government, therefore, is serving the people and serving the God who gave them their rights. It's got to take a position of service. Authority is service. Christianity, Easter, 
the, this coming of the Holy Spirit, all of these realities of our faith shape politics right from the very beginning. Right from the very beginning. It's not just shaping politics in the day-to-day efforts that we make to lobby our lawmakers and, or to protest bad decisions of the court. No, understand the connection between faith and politics going back to the very origins of politics. Why do we get to choose our leaders? Why do we get to lobby our leaders? Why do we get to remove them from, from office if, if need be? Because Christ has filled us with his own life, made us sons and daughters of God. Not only do we have our original human dignity from creation, we have adoption as sons and daughters of God. And therefore, our voice matters. Our dignity matters. Our freedom matters. And that's why we can create a kind of government that we have now, which ultimately is designed to let the voice of the people be heard. That doesn't mean we invent the difference between right and wrong. There are principles, there are boundaries laid out. As we just said in our founding documents, it says God gives the right to life. God gives the right to liberty. God gives the right to pursue happiness. Government can't take those away. So, of course, there are boundaries. But within those boundaries, the people have the power and the freedom. We praise God for those who have given us the example that these things are worth fighting for. That's what we have to take away from Memorial Day. We are grateful to those who fought and died for the country. But why? Because the freedom that they knew we have is worth fighting for. It's worth speaking up for. It's worth battling for. If it weren't, our founders wouldn't have done what they did. They wouldn't have declared independence. Can you read that Declaration of Independence? You know what most of it is? Most of it is a litany of the abuses of tyranny against freedom and human dignity. We must continue to fight in that way, inspired by the very same spirit that Jesus promised. In the world you will have trouble, he says. Because there are those who will deny freedom. In the world you will have trouble. Because there are those who will try to own and oppress human beings. In the world you will have trouble. Because there are those who will establish policies that say you can kill babies. In the world you will have trouble because there will be kings like George III who will be tyrants. But take courage. Take courage and speak against those wrongs. Take courage and declare independence when you need to. Take courage and fight in wars when you have to in order to defend your freedom, your rights, your country, your families. Give your lives. I have conquered the world. I have even conquered death. This is what we reflect on on Memorial Day. Praise God that we can have these memorials. Praise God that we can honor those who have gone before us. Praise God that we can take courage too in fighting for America and the freedom and values that she represents. May the Lord grant us the full measure of his spirit that we may continue to give our lives for what is right, for the kingdom of God. Amen. 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.